saw this funny meme that I wanted to share with you. And uh, it says, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it says, if 2020 was a math problem, if 2020 was a math problem, I, I don't know about you, but I did not like word problems when I was in school. I just did not like them. So the one for 2020 is if you're going down a river at two miles per hour and your canoe loses its wheel, how much pancake mix would you need to reshingle your roof? Right? I mean, like, what in the world? It doesn't even make sense. But how many of you would agree that that probably sums up 2020? I mean, right? Like, what in the world is going on? And, um, you know, even though it may seem crazy to us and it may seem like how much pancake mix do we need to reshingle our roof, it never is a surprise to God. God is not surprised. I mean, he's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's not surprised. So before we get started, I wanted to just give a little preface to the message this morning. Um, you know, part of my, part of my calling is, is to co-pastor and lead alongside Pastor Jim to, to pastor this church. Um, but also God allows me to see things from time to time. And uh, I really feel a call and a responsibility when he shows me these things to, to communicate that and to say, hey, this is what I have seen and this is what I feel like is on God's heart or this is what I feel like that he is speaking to you, to our church or to the body of Christ at large. And uh, sometimes it's encouraging, sometimes it's equipping, and then sometimes it's just so that you can see things a little bit differently from maybe a perspective that God would like you to see. And so this morning, I want to share what I believe that is some things that God showed me during the pandemic and the quarantine, um, some things that I feel like he just brought to light. And so if you are in person or if you're watching online, I want you to, to get your notes out. You know, like, like they said in the announcements, to get your notes out because I really believe that God is, it's not only a word for the church in general, but it's a, it will be a personal word for you as well. But we have to be prepared. So I feel like God is going to speak to some of you today. And so then, I'm, then I'll share some key things that I think that, um, that I believe that God is, that is on God's heart right now and that he wants us to know. So let me just pray over the message. Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you for God just showing me what you would like, uh, what's important to you and what's on your heart. God, I pray that you would give me the words to articulate, that you would anoint my lips, Father, with, with your grace and your anointing. God, that, um, that as the word goes forth, Father, that it's your Holy Spirit, God, that speaks to your people, that there would be open hearts and open minds. God, that you would just use me as a vessel. God, we give you honor and we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Well, I'm excited about um, this message, and it really is something that I feel like God had put on my heart just the last couple of months. Um, and when, you know, when all this first started to unfold with the pandemic and the quarantine and, you know, the stay-at-home order, I mean, it was like, it was like the math problem. I mean, it was like never have I experienced the nation, I mean, across the nation shutting down. I mean, it was, you know, I think we kind of adjusted and now we're almost back to normal. And so, but if you go back to when it first started, it was, it was shaking. I mean, it was, it was like, what is going on? And so, like I mentioned earlier, when I talk to people, uh, it's either been, it was really great or it was really hard. How many of you would say it's been really great for you? Okay. If you, and it's okay. I mean, some people were like, this has been great. How many of you would say it's been really hard? 
Like this has been difficult, right? I, so I think that is the majority, although there are some, I mean, there's some people, it's like, you know, during, like, during the quarantine for your marriage, I mean, some people are like, it, it brought healing and restoration. We've been able to spend more time together. We are better off now than we were before the quarantine. And then some people, it's been very stressful. There are things that maybe that we didn't even realize that it is like intensified because of the core team, because we're at home together and, and maybe like it's issues with our kids and things that we're realizing that become more weighty because we don't have as many distractions and, and we are aware of these things. Maybe I've seen people are saying that business has been booming. It's been better than ever. There's this, the market is just right and this is what's happening. And then you've got people that have been furloughed and have lost their jobs and are stressed out over their finances. And then you've got the stress about our future in the, in our, across the nation and, and health and what's happening in the future. And in the beginning, I just, I just was, I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like, what is happening? Like, there's always another, there's always a plan. Like, God has a plan. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. Nothing happens outside of his authority, right? I mean, nothing happens outside of his authority. So, God, what is your plan in all this? So the government can have, you know, their, their, the government can have their plan, our social media, news media can have their perspectives but, but, and their agendas. But God, what is the bigger picture? What are you, what are, God wants us to ask. Like, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to us? What are you saying to the church? And then God, it was about two weeks and it was like crickets. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'm like, God, I know you have a plan. You're the ultimate authority. I know you have a plan. And one day, God showed me, he just said, There's a, it's a purging. It's a purging in the body of Christ that's taking place. And so when, that first ha- when I first heard that, I thought, when I first heard that, I thought, okay, I know what purging is. There's a cleansing. There's, okay, so you're shaking some things up. There's some things happening. There's purging. But when I was studying for this, preparing for this message, I thought, you know what? Sometimes looking up a definition will give you some clarity. And so I looked up the definition for purging and the verb, the action form of the word. So what God is currently actively doing says freeing someone or something of an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling. I'm like, wow. Okay, so God is purging. He's freeing us. We think that God, God's using this quarantine and this pandemic. I mean, only God can use a pandemic and when we're in lockdown to set us free. Right? I mean, that only happens with God. He's like, I'm purging the body of Christ. I'm setting them free of some things. And they don't even realize it. Like, you know, I mean, we're worried and distracted and all this about staying at home and what's happening. And God is saying, no, I'm setting you free. I'm doing some things in you. I was, it's kind of like, I was thinking about this. It's kind of like, how many of you, how many of you are scared of spiders? Anybody scared of spiders, like just don't like spiders? Anybody doesn't, don't like roaches? Yeah. I'm like, no, no. I mean, I'll kill a spider. If it's a roach, I'm running. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and so, you know, I was thinking about that. It's like, okay, well, I, a lot of people can say, you know, I don't like spiders or I don't like roaches. I don't like them. But you don't know the level and the degree at which you don't like them until one of them jumps on you. Right? I mean, you're like, I just said I don't like them. But when one jumps on you, all that fear and the anxiety and the depth of that emotion hits you face to face, right? 
I mean, and so then I wonder if that's kind of like what this pandemic is. Is it's like, you know, we know we might have a little bit of fear. We, we know that we need to trust God a little bit more in some areas. We know that maybe there's some things we, you know, we thought that there were some issues in our marriage, but I just, you know, I wasn't sure we were busy. But then and until, until we were, until it jumped on us, until it was like, hey, go, until all the distractions were removed, until, until we were in the stay home and we were at the stay home order in quarantine and lockdown and nothing else was open, we had no other distractions and we couldn't go to the bars and we couldn't meet as a church. Like there was no other thing left to do but deal with ourselves. And it, it hit a square in the face, I would imagine. I think, there, I think we didn't even realize what our kids were going through. Like maybe we thought that they were having a hard time. We thought that they were just struggling, but we didn't realize at the depth and degree that what they were going through until, until the stay home order, until the quarantine or the pandemic, and it hit us in the face. Like we didn't realize the depth of the anxiety or depression or the things that we were dealing with until we had to face it. And I just believe that God used this season. Like we can be so distracted sometimes by the government, by the political stuff, by everything that's going on that we forget to ask, God, what are you trying to say to us? What's really happening? That there's a reality, you are the ultimate authority. And then I believe that God is using this time to bring some circumstances and bring some things to light so that we could be set free. We weren't in lockdown. God was setting us free. Right? I looked up some stats, the divorce rates, it said soared by 34% during the pandemic in just three to four weeks in. And newlywed separations doubled by 20%. It said there was a rise with anxiety, loneliness, and boredom, boredom which would be purposelessness. The American Heart Association reported alcohol sales were up 54% compared to last year and online sales were up 500% in April, 500%. You're not alone. It's tough. It's stressful. It's hard. It is very hard. But as a church, we have a choice. Are we going to become the statistic? Are we going to turn to the things that the world does? Or are we going to turn to God in the middle of our mess and allow him to set us free of some things? We have a choice, church. Say, I have a choice. I have a choice. That's right. And then shortly after that, a few days later, God reminded me this past year of our seventh year anniversary. I don't know how many of you were here for our seventh year anniversary. It was fun. We celebrated. And I just remember God gave us a word that said this would be the year of acceleration and promotion. And I was excited. I was like, yes, after seven years, God's going to put on the gas. We're moving. We're, you know, this is going to be like, we're moving. We're doing some new things. We're going to get a new building. Seven-year anniversary was March 1st. We had a little over 1,000 people. Two weeks later, our doors are shut, and we're not even having services. You're like, acceleration and promotion, like, I'm like, um, did I miss something? <laughs> Did I, did I miss something, you know? I mean, acceleration and promotion, this feels like stop and stuck. Like, this is, not what I, this is not what I was thinking. And God's like, no, no, it is. It just doesn't look like what you thought it would. It never looks like what we think it will. 
It's God's ways are higher than our ways. And just for the record, this whole situation, like, wasn't just, well, you know, God's, the deal is, is God says, no, it doesn't look like the, what you thought it would. But that's because that we grow in the valleys and not in the mountaintops. We grow in the valleys. So when we're thinking acceleration and promotion, we're thinking, yes, God's going to just bust these doors wide open. No, no, it's his way. He actually shut the doors for acceleration and promotion. I'll explain it in a minute. And I was thinking, you know, this whole situation, I don't know why God, I like food, so maybe this is why he gave me this example. But I'm like, the, the one valley, this whole situation, like, is with it, the whole situation just wasn't one valley. One valley would be like a Pringles chip, right? Just one valley. And I'm like, no, 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 this was like ruffles with ridges. This was like valley after valley after valley after valley. And I'm, but I feel like God's like, but that's okay, because many valleys, that's where the acceleration comes from. If we grow in the valleys and not on the mountaintops, he's like, look, it's an acceleration because it's, it's hard, it's intense, it's a lot. It's, it's your marriage, it's your kids, it's homeschool or not homeschool, it's your finances, it's your health, it's the government, it's, it's whatever's happening in our society and our culture. It's lots of valleys, lots of trials, lots of things we're going through. But he's like, no, it's an acceleration. It's an acceleration. You know, um, in previous, uh, previous message, I talked, I used an illustration about a crock pot. So those of you I remember growing up, my mom cooking things in a crock pot, and she would say, don't, she would like slap your hand. Don't open the lid. Don't open the lid because it takes longer. It releases the steam, and it takes longer to cook. It takes like 30 minutes extra. And I had talked about an analogy where it's like God sometimes is dealing with us on the inside and he's doing some things and we wanna lift the lid, we wanna relieve the pressure and we wanna talk about it and grumble and complain. If we would just keep our mouth shut, then God is gonna continue his work in us. And I felt like God reminded me of that and said, this is not a crock pot situation, this is an Instapot situation. A pressure cooker, I don't know those of you, I don't know, all the ladies in the house, that, if you don't know anything about an Instapot, where a roast used to take eight hours, it takes 45 minutes. It's an Instapot, it's a pressure cooker. And I feel like God is saying, I'm accelerating some things. It's intense, but I can't wait one year or five years for you to deal with this fear or this anxiety or to heal your marriage. This is something that needs to happen now. These trials, I can't wait for it to like for you to work on it because you're so distracted and you're so busy and, and you're working and, and you're not really you're not really dealing with these things and I'm trying to bring them to your attention, but I can't really wait to get your attention over and over and over again. The nation shut down. Do you not think that it's above our God to not that he would cause a pandemic, not that he would cause the social unrest, but do you not think that he not, doesn't love us enough to use that? for our benefit, to set us free, to accelerate us and promote us. But how many people, how many of us are just distracted to think that it's all about this political thing, this political game? I believe that God wants us to ask, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing in the church? What are you doing in us? And I don't believe that any of this was meant to break you or to bring strife. I believe that it was meant to set you free. It was meant to accelerate and promote what God is doing. It was meant to grow you and to mature you and to bring freedom in your life. Amen? Amen. 
Well, I have three things um, that, that I wanna share with you that it's funny because I had a message planned and I'm like, Lord, I'm not Pastor Jim. Like, you can't just throw things on me, you know? Like, I mean, we, you can't do this to me. But it is what it is. I mean, so Saturday morning prayer, you know, I just was really wrestling with the message. And God, I know that I have this word, but I'm trying to fit it into this message. And really didn't, didn't feel a piece about it, but I was just moving forward because this is what I had planned. And Saturday morning, God is so faithful. He just gave me the three things. He said, this is the three things. These are the three things that, that I want, that I feel like I want you, I want your people to know. These are the three things that I feel like are on my heart that they need to know is critical in this season and in future seasons to come. And so I'm going to share them with you this morning. The first is the power of pause. So I need to go the monitors off. So well, I guess we only have one service. So, okay. Okay. Are you guys good? Y'all want the three points? Okay. So the first one is the power of pause. And we just experienced this. You know, never in my life have I seen the nation shut down. I mean, the power of pause. There was no movies, no sports events. There was no shopping, no entertainment. I mean, I think it really hit me when I went, I was thinking, okay, great. You know, well, that's okay. It's, you know, we're caught, families are getting outside more. But I think it really hit me when I walked by the park and there was yellow caution tape around the park, like not even the playground. And I just thought, wow. You know, when the schools shut down during spring break, it became very surreal, very surreal, like the schools are shutting down. We've never experienced anything like that. I mean, we didn't, and it was like, we didn't know what to do. I mean, I have kids, so I, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen someone that has dropped like a Cheeto or a cookie on the concrete or the sidewalk? And it's, and it's covered in ants, right? It's like this, just completely covered in ants. And then you touch it and they go crazy. They're just like everywhere. I wonder if that's what we look like sometimes. I mean, I, I just, I wonder if, if God looks down and is like, somebody just touched the Cheeto. Like, I feel like that's kind of this pandemic, like somebody just touched the Cheeto and that's what we look like. I mean, I mean, we're running around crazy. We're distracted, totally losing sight of what we're doing, where we're going, what God's plan is. Job 37, 14 says, listen to this, Job. I love that he calls his first, like that his first, it's like by his first name. Listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Just stop. Just pause. How often do we pause and consider God's wonders? Like everything that God is doing in our life, that he's doing in our kids' lives, that he's done in our life, that we would just stop and pause. I think pause does two things. It causes us first, first, it causes us to have a heart of gratitude. To say, you know, and not to take things for granted. You know, I can, I, can imagine, like, you know, maybe some of us were, were beginning to say, you know, we have to, we have to go to church. We have to serve this weekend. And then because of a pause, now we're like, yes, I get to go serve. I get to love on those babies. I get to host online. God has given me a purpose and I don't, a purpose and I'm not even going in person. Like I get to serve. It's the power of pause. It's the power of pause. 
even pausing in our thoughts to just think like, God, what you've done in my life, how you saved me, how you set me free, just to stop and think, God, what, what you've done. Even you think about with our family, we can tend to take our spouse and our children and those closest, those that we love the most for granted. It's when we stop and pause. And I can think about my husband and think about how hard, it's easy to just say, well, you know what, we just, you know, did an online campus and we videoed and everything, it was awesome. No, I'm telling you just to pause and think. I look back and I think, man, I am, I am so amazed at his leadership. I'm so amazed that he has the ability to just know what to do. And that, I mean, in the beginning, you guys probably don't know this, but but we didn't know if we were gonna be able to gather together, if we were gonna be able to go to the Dream Center to be able to video. We literally un rented a box truck, unloaded the office, loaded up the office, drove it to my house, unloaded the box truck, loaded up all of the living room furniture into the box truck to video that day. We had the dining table with the sound equipment. My kids woke up and they were like, what in the world? They were there like at 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. My kids woke up and they were like, what is happening? I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy. But, you know, it's easy to take that stuff for granted. It's the power of pause. The second thing pause does in our actions, when we pause in our actions, is it deepens our trust in him. John 3.30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. When we pause or stop, it's a, it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of just saying, God, God is, sometimes God's just waiting on us to get out of the way. You know, I mean, like husbands and wives, stop trying to fix each other. A lot of stress in my life has come from me trying to fix Jim or to try to, uh, which he's probably laughing right now, but to fix Jim or to tell him my point of view, if he would just understand. But God won't allow your spouse to see it because that's his job. His job is to speak to him. Your job is just to love your spouse and trust him, just to trust God to pause, to step back so that God can do what he wants to do in your life. So I would just have to challenge you this morning, if you're exhausted and you're tired and maybe you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I can't take it anymore, maybe it's because you're doing all the work and you're carrying weight that you were never meant to carry. It's the power of pause. It's time to pause. Let God do what he wants to do and what only he can do in your life. Matthew 11, chapter 11, verse 28 and 29 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. God's saying, just pause. You've been working like the, like the ants, like you've been working, 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 just trying to do it, trying to make it happen. And he's saying, watch me work, watch me move when you can't make it happen. You don't have the option. Everything is shut down. You can't do this or do that or whatever. Like the deal is saying, God is saying, watch me work, watch me do it. It's the power of pause. The second one is the power of prayer. Recognizing the power of prayer, which can seem so cliche, but the power of prayer brings a life of peace and protection. When we don't come to God in prayer about things in our life, it's really about we're walking in pride because we're saying, God, we, we can do it better. We don't need your help. We can do it better. We can do it faster. 
that, you know, that we can do a better job and we start to try to control it and fix it. And let me just tell you, that does not work out. It never works out to try to fix it and to try to play God. It just doesn't. I know from experience as a parent, how many parents we have in the house? Right. As a parent, I mean, I have stressed trying to control and trying to protect my kids and, and, and you know, realizing that I'm just playing God and I'm, I'm not allowing them to learn to hear from God on their own. You know, my, uh, my oldest started high school this, uh, this year, sniff, sniff, and, uh, and I've had to pause. I've had to learn to pause. And I've had to learn to give up some control some, where a mama's heart wants to protect their babies, you know, to give up control. And it's scary. It is really scary. But then what happens when I give up that control, then I begin to pray. And I begin to pray and ask God to cover those areas that I used to control and I used to cover. And then it deepens our trust and it, and it gives me peace Surrendering control is not the same as relinquishing responsibility. I still have a responsibility as a mom and a parent to cover him in prayer, but it brings me peace to know that God can go with him where I can't. God can do what only God can do. God wants us to have security in his sovereignty. He is sovereign. And security means that we're confident, that we're not anxious, we're not worried. Like, because we're surrendered to prayer. I love this scripture in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in our marriage, in our finances, in the middle of COVID, with our kids, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which means God, even when, I don't, it doesn't, even when I don't understand, even when it doesn't look like I thought it would look, even though when you said acceleration and promotion, but I lost my job or the business is failing, God, even when it doesn't look like when the church, you said acceleration and promotion and the doors are shut, what are we gonna do, God? We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we turn to God in prayer, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what the nation looks like. We can have peace and know that we are protected. Psalms 91, it's a long, the whole Psalms, Psalms 91 is so powerful, but I wanna pull out a few scriptures. The verses one and two and then 14 through 16. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's the power of prayer. It gives peace and protection. It's the power of prayer. And the third thing is the power of perseverance. We can't give up, church. We can't, we can't give up. 
It's I, I cannot quit, I will not quit. Quitting is not an option. That's a quote from Pastor Jim, for those of y'all that didn't know it. <laughs> yes. Even when it's hard, perseverance is not giving up and not stopping. Even when it's hard, even when success is delayed, even when we don't know the outcome. Perseverance is having faith when you don't know the outcome. Faith is having the courage to let God determine the outcome. Let me say that again. Perseverance is having faith when you don't know the outcome. And faith is having the courage to let God determine the outcome. We just have to have faith. And we have to persevere and know that God is in control. Saying, God, I trust you, even if I don't understand, even if I don't know what the end looks like. It reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of three Hebrew boys in Babylon. And they were told to bow down to an idol. And they refused to compromise their faith. They refused. King Nebuchadnezzar even threatened them with death, even unto death. And their response was this. Our God is able to deliver our response. Their response, well, let me just, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. I love this because it's, there was security in the sovereignty. It said, not only can he, but I'm just declaring right now that he will. There was peace and there was confidence. There was security in his sovereignty. But then he says, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. It says that our God, we... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will. But even if he doesn't, we still will not bow down. Even if he doesn't, we don't know the outcome. Their response is, God, we trust you. We trust you. You know what stood out to me about the stats on the divorce and the poll and the article that I read was they, they noted it was three to four weeks in. Like three to four weeks Three to four weeks, like this was in the middle of April. It wasn't, it wasn't like at the end, it's not, it wasn't like August, like this was April, three to four weeks in and 34%, the divorce rate had gone up 34%. Three to four weeks in and alcohol sales are up 500%. Perseverance, like God is calling his church to understand the power of perseverance you know, during the quarantine and when I was at home with the kids and struggling to have quiet times and effective church with kids, a house full of kids, and they're, you know, up early and they go to bed late and struggling, I was reminded, I was convicted about the underground churches in China. That, you know, I was thinking like, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling, like here I am, a lead pastor. Why am I struggling to feel like we're having effective church? Like have we become too dependent on Vanessa and the worship team to usher us into the presence of God? Have we become too dependent as a church on Pastor Jim or other leaders to feed us and to encourage us that we would turn to the things of this world and that we would give up 
because we're overwhelmed? Have we become so dependent on Ashley and the dream team and those around us that, that we would feel purposeless and depressed? I believe that God has called a body, that the church is the answer, that the local church is his answer for those that are lost. But I also feel like he kind of just gave us a little glimpse of where we are as a body of Christ and maybe where we are as individuals. Like, God, I, I mean, I was convicted. I felt a little shallow that, 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 that I'm struggling. Like when I think about the underground churches in China, they, they would be persecuted, arrested, and even put to death for having a Bible, but they, they persevere and they take the risk and that's all they have is the people around them to gather together and pray and to read their Bibles together. That is their church. <laughs> have we brought so many things? Have we been distracted by all these other things? I think it, this, it was just a glimpse to show us like where we are in our relationship with God. Like where do we really stand? And I was just, you know, my heart was a little broken because even myself, I thought, wow, I have, I have become dependent. Where's the lights? Where's Vanessa's beautiful voice? God, it's, and I think it's, it is the, it's the power of pause. It's the power of perseverance. It's the power of prayer and God's peace and protection. Like I think sometimes God has to remove the distractions in our lives so that we can see what's really going on. And I just, my hope for you this morning is that, that the Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of you. It's not gonna be the same. Each and every one of you will walk away from this message and take away something different. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So my hope is just that you would, that you would pause and that you would give God glory for what he's already done and that you would pause and take a step back and, and not carry the weight that wasn't meant for you to carry. Yeah.